Welcome to the Peter Legg Podcast, where you're empowered to lead, inspire, and influence. Now, here's your host and mentor, best-selling author, internationally acclaimed speaker, and community leader, Dr. Peter Legg. Welcome to the Peter Legg Podcast. It's a few days away from the ABCs of Public Speaking webinar. I invite you to sign up. Visit my website, peterlegg.com, or click the link on the screen and sign up. I will help you become an effective and persuasive speaker. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's Fridays with Seniors. Very important in New Westminster. We're going to talk about emergency preparedness. And my guests today are Corey Hansen, who's the Emergency Management Coordinator for the City of New Westminster. Jeff Gill, the Acting Deputy Fire Chief, City of New Westminster. Noel Pierroda, who's a Support Services Program Coordinator for Senior Services Society of BC. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for being here, and thank you for your wisdom and uh, all the smarts that you've acquired over the years to do this. So let's start with you, Corey. Can you tell me a little about why you're talking about emergency preparedness and seniors? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're starting to notice that seniors in BC and actually throughout throughout the province and even increasingly in New Westminster are susceptible to emergency situations um, because of climate change and our severe weather events and that lately, um, and especially extreme heat. Uh, we saw some of that actually this past weekend and that it was quite warm, um, but it was most evident throughout the heat dome that we had in uh, June of 2021. Um, these claimed so many lives uh, throughout the province, but many lives in New Westminster as well. Uh, we have one of the higher the higher rates with 28 deaths um, in our city, unfortunately. But there is evidence that seniors living in independent living uh, residences, particularly those serving our frail and lower income seniors, and these types of individuals are more vulnerable to these types of situations. Um, some of the underlying factors are they're socially isolated, um, they don't want to be reaching out to anybody, um, and they just pretty much want to be left alone, unfortunately, and they don't have a sense of socially connectedness. So we're now looking at how we can play a better role and how to reach out to them and how to basically make them more prepared and make them more aware of um, the situations that they're susceptible to. Okay. Noel, tell me, why focus on seniors? <laughs> and persons with disability. Yeah, so seniors independent living residences, especially those serving frail and low income seniors are particularly vulnerable to emergencies like extreme heat, as we saw in the summer of 2021. So seniors living with disabilities face additional challenges in emergencies uh, due to their limited mobility, their sensory impairments, chronic illnesses or cognitive limitations. So they may need assistance. They need assistance or accommodations to evacuate, you know, access information, <clears throat> or communicate effectively. Uh, social isolation and limited support networks further intensify their vulnerability. So, unlike assisted living or long-term care facilities, um, independent living residences often lack proper staffing and developed emergency preparedness plans. So, altogether, these factors highlight the importance of including seniors in emergency planning and response efforts. So what kinds of programs could make a difference for you and for the seniors? Yeah, so together with the city departments uh, represented here, uh, Senior Services Society of BC launched a two-year integrated services program pilot project, uh, which was initiated in the fall of 2021. 
so the pilot project ran at Ross Tower, which hosts many independent living seniors, particularly seniors with increased health matters and or on low income. So through the pilot, <clears throat> Senior Services Society advertised lighthouse keeping services, shuttle bus services, grocery shopping services, support calls and navigation assistance, like filling out forms or applications, offering housing support, and connecting residents to other services and programs in the community. <clears throat> but following the project, um, we have come to recognize a correlation between emergency preparedness and community and, and social connectedness. Uh, so at the beginning of this year, we've actually partnered with the City of New Westminster again to facilitate an emergency preparedness workshop series called Connect and Prepare uh, for senior residents in Westminster. So this, this program was developed in Victoria by Building Resilient Neighborhood Society in 2018. Um, and essentially, it brings groups of neighbors together to strengthen their social connections, engaging in emergency preparedness planning through presentations, interactive games, friendly discussions, uh, neighbors get to know each other, learn about acute emergencies, identify their assets and priorities, and implement shared preparedness projects. So each group of neighbors receive free workshops, um, shared emergency supplies, and access to microgrants to help them continue to collaborate afterwards. Uh, Jeff, what are some things seniors can do to be more fire smart in their home? Well, one of the first things that we like to encourage people to do is to make sure that they have insurance. So in a lot of cases, it would be renter's insurance uh, in, in the sense that a lot of buildings have full insurance. However, renters do not have insurance, so that would cover their personal belongings and effects. So that's the first thing we would like our, our people to do is to make sure they have insurance. The second thing is, is in order to find a safe way out of your building. So if you're living in a, a multi-unit building, familiarize yourself with all the exits from the building. So all your fire exits and your regular exits as well. The other thing is we'd also encourage people to have a grab bag that you might have in the event you need to leave in an emergency. So something that might have some of your ID in it and things that some supplies that you might need immediately. Uh, the other part of it would be is we encourage you to talk to your neighbors get to know your neighbors, you know, who they are. Maybe there's somebody there who has limited mobility or perhaps somebody that you can lean on if you need help as well. And lastly is, is to ensure that it, within your home that you actually have three to four days of supplies in the event there is an emergency. So you can be self-sufficient for three to four days. Mm -hmm. so what are the top things you'd like people to know about heat preparedness? Uh, top things probably for heat preparedness is just in that very word in its own is preparedness is to be ready, you know, to be proactive for us. Environment Canada provides us with warnings in advance, uh, which we disseminate through our different channels to get out to the community. Um, you know, we want to take that opportunity to connect with your neighbors and understand, as I mentioned earlier, you know, possible mobility issues and what supports people might have in place. So somebody might have somebody comes in and checks in on them, you know, get to know your neighbors, get to know who's get who has what help coming in for them. Um, tell friends, family and neighbors any concerns that you might be have might have about your own well-being or those around you and try and get people some help, perhaps even for yourself. 
And if someone's reluctant, you know, we offer services throughout the city and cooling centers and such. If someone's reluctant to go and on their own, reach out and accompany them. You know, you can go as neighbors and, and get to know more people that way. You know, and another part of it is, you know, look and listen and hear about different programs and resources we offer in the city, you know, i.e. cooling centers. You know, there's there's information that's posted in various areas. So use that um, within your own apartment. It's very simple as it could be as simple as your thermostat. Have you turned your thermostat down after the winter to make sure that you don't actually have heat in your home during those hot days? Uh, closing your blinds. You know, it brings a shade into your room and it will help you cool your uh, your living area. And, and lastly, safe zones. Some buildings actually have cooling rooms or just the difference in lower floors and upper floors in buildings. There's a significant difference in the temperature and have an understanding of those safe areas to go to in your building. Interesting. Perry, what should we know as a community to support seniors during extreme weather events? Uh, I, th I think basically we need to know that hot weather is here. Climate change is here. Um, it's a, re a revolving door. Even even with cold weather, we're starting to see that cold weather is a lot colder than that. And the wind is picking up as well. Um, but making those daily connections. So knocking on your neighbor's door. I know a lot of people don't know their neighbors. Um, a lot of people are very isolated and, and they're hesitant. But um, having their neighbors, making sure their relatives and their family are um, checking in on them on during the hotter days and that even just daily reminders of have you had some juice today have you had some water or food um, do you have extra cold water in your fridge do you have your fan turned on as jeff said like turn your have your temperature down lower and that these daily reminders can help people um, and help our seniors be more safe in an emergency as well so even looking at reminders about where our cooling venues are, maybe go to the mall, go shopping, just or even just go to the mall and take a seat on a bench or go to a library and re and take a seat and read a book and just cool down. Um, support can take many forms. Um, I think the biggest one that we're trying to activate, as you can see here today, is creating that social network piece in that too. Our friends can act like our first responders do, like our police and our fire departments. They are the first point of contact for us and seniors. Um, I think they basically, our friends know us really, really well and know when we need extra help and support. Um, so creating a personal network, I think is really, really important leading into an emergency or um, a high heat event um, and working together. If you're if you're in a building that doesn't talk much, maybe promoting some of these programs that we can put in place, or even just knocking on a door and saying, "Hey, let's have a potluck in our hallway. It's nice and cool in our hallway. Let's bring out our coffees and just have a breakfast potluck in our in our hallways and start connecting and sharing ideas and that too. Um, that's how you really start to get to know people in that. And I think the biggest one for us, and Jeff mentioned it as well, is ensuring that you have a bit of an emergency plan, but you ensuring that you have extra food and extra supplies and just having a kit put together and having insurance if there is an emergency event in your building. Um, I think that that's a big one and that's across every region. There's emergency preparedness tips in any city and any place that is available across the region. And I think having these, these tips and having senior services society as our partner, I think is a great advocate for helping the vulnerable population that we have. I think what you do for seniors in New Westminster would be emulated uh, right across the great country about so congratulations on what you do and thank, thank you. you so much for being with me today i appreciate that thank you yeah. don't forget to sign up for our free webinar on the abcs of public speaking visit my website peterleg.com 
or click the link on the screen.